Podcast. I'm David Wilson, and I am joined, as always, on the other line by Susan Miller-Degnan, our Hurricanes beat writer here at the Herald. Susan, how's it going? Go- going well, David. Really well. How about you? I'm doing pretty good. It's um, I, I said this on our Heat podcast that, that went up this week. Like We went 0-60 to 60 with, with sports, right? Like We had nothing, and then the Heat went on this run, and the Marlins are on this run. Um, although by the time you guys are listening to this, it sounds like that run's going to be over. Um, and obviously Miami football is number eight in the country and, and, you know, the Dolphins are playing and, and, you know, by Tuesday at the late or Wednesday at the latest, we're going to have gone, you know, zero to 60 and then like 60 to 20 or whatever. We'll, we'll just have the football. It's going to, it's been a fun, like couple weeks. And, and fortunately Miami football is, is going to keep it fun. It looks like, uh, going forward and it'll definitely be fun on uh Saturday when they play Clemson. For sure. And they could keep it fun. Of course. Yeah, well, I think... Of course, yeah. they do lose this game. Uh, it, it, that, that fun factor is going to plummet, believe me, among yeah. the fans. Well, it'll fall. I think it depends how it looks, and that's, that's some of what we're going to talk about here. We are going um, full preview, I think, this episode. We haven't, you know... Sure. We usually have a game to recap, a game to look ahead to, um, and just kind of news and stuff like that. But today, this week was really just all about looking ahead to Clemson. It is the marquee game of the weekend. Um, honestly, m- maybe the marquee game of the season so far. I, I guess Auburn, Georgia, uh, from last week was would be in that same conversation as a as a top ten matchup. But this one, given that Miami you know started the year obviously outside the top twenty five. Has been, I think they've been definitely one of the biggest stories of, of college football so far. The, this incredible turnaround with Derek King and Brett Lashley and all these other transfers. Um, and this is, it feels like every year Clemson gets like one of these games, whether it was, you know, the Lamar Jackson Louisville game team that comes in and um, they lost a, a close game, I think. Um, yeah. But that was a top 10 matchup or top 12, something like that. Um, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, Miami, I guess, uh, in 2017, which I'm sure we'll talk about, that was, you know, supposed to be a test for Clemson as, as a top 10 matchup. Um, and Miami this year is is that team and feels like, I think that Louisville team is probably, like, the biggest scare Clemson has gotten, basically, in, like, the post-Jameis Winston Florida State era, where the balance of power shifted so dramatically in the ACC to, to like, Clemson and a huge drop-off to everyone else. I think this Miami team has a chance to, to be right there with that Louisville team in terms of um, a team that can give Clemson a game. Yes, I, I agree. Um, I think the the analysts agree. Yeah. I know I just listened to Kirk Herbstreet for like an hour talking about the game. I, he loves Miami and he loves He does. Clemson. He's really high on this Miami team. Yeah. Probably, partially it's, probably because he's seen them a million times now. It's true. He said that too. Yeah. I, you know, but, um, you know, it should be a really good game. Man, I hope it is. Uh, win or lose, I just hope it's a it's a good fight, you know, till, till, till the end or close to the end. Um, you know, otherwise it'll be really disappointing because, I, you know, I, you know, Street. I, I love the way he said this. He talked about the 2017 game when Miami played – uh, Clemson in the ACC yeah. title game, you know, after they went 10-0 and 0, uh, to start the season. Yeah. Then they lost to Pittsburgh in the final regular season game, Thanksgiving week, I think. And then then they go 
uh, to Charlotte, North Carolina, for the championship game. And there was such a big deal made out of that. And, and Herb Street said that it was basically smoke and mirrors for Miami's offense. And right. he was right. He was right. You know, they, you know, yeah, they had a great game that year against Notre Dame and they won and stuff, but they didn't have the same team. Malik Rozier, I really liked Malik Rozier. He was just so limited. Eager. Yeah. Fans were so on him, but he just wasn't Derrick King. That's it, and that's the difference. I know we keep talking about Derrick King, but uh, and maturity. This team is mature. This this Miami team is much more mature. And and when we say mature, we mean like literally mature. Like they start a lot of upperclassmen. Yeah, in a way that a lot of these teams the last couple years just have not had the the luxury to. And Clemson, look at Clemson. The thing about Clemson is they have uh, one of the best uh, running backs in the country in Travis Etienne. And, you know, it's funny. I, I was looking at the game book, and he scored a touchdown against Miami. As I think he was a freshman. Yeah, a game. really good freshman year that year. Yeah, and look, and look he, he's, you know, he, he's the kid is, like, one of the best ever, and he's uh, he stayed for his senior year. Yep. So, I mean, Clemson gets guys to stay for their senior seasons, and that's so important. Miami does not get guys to stay for their senior seasons. They really don't, but they just get, this year, they just got some incredible transfers. Yeah, so, um, I guess we'll, we'll, we'll say predictions for the end, but it sounds like we're both thinking that this, you know, I, I think even in 2017, you could have gone into that game and probably had a pretty good hunch that Clemson was going to, I don't know if it was going to, you would have predict, predicted like a 35-point blowout, but you would have, based, you know, Miami was a pretty massive underdog going into that. Um, the, the pick game the week before, I think it had exposed a lot with Miami, and, and like Kirk Herbstreit said, it was it was a lot of smoke and mirrors, and the defense was um, probably better than this year's defense, but um, was, you know, probably not quite as good as the statistics said, just given the schedule Miami was playing. This year, I think Clemson, it, I've seen the lines been basically like 14, I think, hovering right around yep. there. Um, and that feels like right to me, right? Like Miami could easily win this game, um, but even if they lose, I don't see it being like a 28-point blowout. I, I think we both I agree on that, agree. right? Yeah. I agree. Not that it, not that it won't happen, but right. I, I agree with you on that. It shouldn't. It shouldn't be, but... And it feels different than 2017 in that way, right? I mean, I wasn't around the team then, but... Oh, yeah. yeah. I, oh, definitely. I mean, and and Malik Rozier, I keep going back to the quarterback, but he was injured. He had all kinds of problems with his shoulder, throwing uh-huh. shoulder. He, he was injured most of the year and a lot of the year. Um, well, and Mark Walton was hurt that year too, right? Is that the year he got hurt? So year. I think Travis I, Homer. Travis Homer was good, but like they were, they were down. You know, Mark Walton was supposed to be the star of that team, basically on yeah. offense, at least. Yeah, it was. Um, it was. I. I just. I just remember it was very painful to be at that. <laughs> watch it, and, uh-huh. and Clemson got off to a three touchdown lead early. I mean, I, you know, it was just. And I, I think. There was a play in that game where Malik like overthrew. I wonder if it was Jeff Thomas. I think Jeff Thomas. I mean, I have a lot of visions of Malik Rozier like underthrowing, underthrowing, yeah, underthrowing Jeff Thomas. He did. Yeah. It was by a wide margin, bad. Yeah. And I, 
it just the whole thing was uh, it was shambles, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you... And everybody was wearing like turnover chain. I remember going in there turnover. Th- I think it was the U turnover chain. Yeah, it was the first Every... turnover turnover chain season. Every UF fan had wore one of those, and it was they were just. I remember before the game, you know, everybody was at the at the on the street, fans drinking and getting drunk, and you know. Talking big stuff, UM fans, yeah. and it was just like, woo! They crashed hard. Yeah. Well, and it's. I mean, obviously, Miami's prayer at winning that game was to make it ugly and win like a seventeen thirteen game. This year, it feels like it's they're gonna have to score thirty five forty points in this game. I think it, it's possible because um, I think it's gonna be a high possession game. I mean, Clemson has. You mentioned Travis Etienne maybe being the best running back in the country. They've also obviously got the best quarterback in the country in Trevor Lawrence. Um, right. Like, they're going to score a lot, but their defense is is very different than, I think, some of the past Clemson defenses. Like, that 2017 Clemson defense, um, that would have been, like, the Christian Wilkins, um, uh-huh. blanking on all the guys on that. They had, you know, they had four defense, Cleveland Farrell. They had four defensive linemen who I think were all, like, first three-round picks in the NFL draft. Um they just don't have that this year. So it's, it's a little bit of a different, um, not just because Miami is better, but I, I, I'm not sure if this Clemson team is invincible in the same ways that Clemson has been invincible in the ACC in the last couple of years. Right. It's a, the funny thing is, and now remember, each team's played only three games. Right, that's the other thing. We It's you know early in the season, but that 2017 game was the last game of the year. We kind of knew what both those teams were by then. We're still... Yeah. Probably, but um, like I don't, I don't even know what UAP's record is now. Honestly, uh-huh. <laughs> I, I, I know who you started with, but they're, you know, supposedly a decent team. I, you know, but um, UAB is three and one, so they're pretty yeah. good. Yeah, and and um, you know, my the interesting thing is this Clemson defense. Now I'm looking at the the national stats. Mm-hmm. You know, for all you could do go by is how many games right. they played so far, and their their defense is their twelfth in total defense in the mm-hmm. nation, and they're um, they're seventh in scoring defense in the nation. They're fourth in rushing defense nationally. Yeah. Um, they're, I mean, red zone defense. Yeah, I mean they they I mean, uh, they had a, I think a bunch of takeaways against Virginia um, on Saturday. Um, yeah, well, Skip of Virginia, they have their uh, sacks, they're sixth in the nation, mm-hmm. tackles for loss, eighth in the nation. Um, it's kind of interesting, Interesting, excuse me, and Miami, you know, Miami's doing real well also with right. the sacks and that department, and, and tackles for loss. Um, yeah, it's kind of, the defense, I, statistically, they, they they're doing well. Yeah, but. they're just really young on that side. It's like it's almost like it's crazy to say, but it's like Miami's experience in a lot of ways uh, versus Clemson's. Um, you know, they had one of the best recruiting classes of all time um, in this last recruiting cycle. So a lot of those guys are playing. You know, Brian Brzee, the pride of Montgomery County, Maryland, uh, had a sack <laughs> had a sack for them against Virginia. They start, uh, I think, another freshman on the defensive line. Um, yeah, they've got like they got freshmen all over the field on defense, um, who are really talented freshmen, um, but but freshmen nonetheless. And you know they 
they've played. Yeah, they they kick the they kick the crap out of the Citadel. They beat Wake in the opener. Um, I think Wake is, doesn't have a win yet, and um, I'm sure that Virginia team they beat is going to end up being pretty good. But they're not exactly Virginia's not exactly known for being an offensive uh, juggernaut, and and I think they have a new quarterback this year too. Um, so, you know, they Miami's not that Miami's schedule has been like a murderer's row, but like it's kind of it's really the first test. Um, in a lot of ways for both of these teams. And obviously that, that kind of happens in the ACC where you've got only got like, you know, three or four. Although this year the ACC looks pretty good with, with North Carolina also in the top ten and Notre Dame a factor. Um, right. But, you know, there's the, the haves and have-nots difference is always uh, pretty big in the ACC. Um, so True, true. true. So I, it's the first test in a lot of ways for both of these teams. Yeah, I, I mean, this – it doesn't matter that it's game number four. I, Miami wins this game, and it's a whole new world. Yeah. <laughs> I think I used that in one of my tweets recently. I, I Or maybe one of my stories. It is. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a whole new world for them. Then we start talking. We do, because if they if Miami wins this, because they're playing 10? Uh, no, 11 games this season. Okay. Well, if, the, if they get them all the games played. Right, right, right. Um, but then uh, there, you have to, you have to, you can't, it's not even the elephant in the room. Then you have to at least say the words college football playoff. Right. They, yeah. They, I mean, if you beat Clemson, you're in the driver's seat to get to the ACC championship. Even if you lose to Clemson, you might be, you're, you kind of might control your own destiny. Cause I think Clemson does play Notre Dame. Um, but you don't obviously don't want the tiebreaker to fall. You know, you don't, you don't want it to come down to that. But yeah, I mean, if they beat Clemson, they are. It'd be a massive collapse if they didn't make it to the ACC championship at that point. Yeah, um, true. Uh, the funny thing is that the next, you know, we talked about the ne- the next game, the seventeenth, the, uh, the October seventeenth. Uh-huh. After this game is Pittsburgh for Miami, and then Virginia. I mean, not Virginia. Clemson plays. I wrote it. They, uh, Clemson plays at Georgia seven, Tech. Georgia Tech, okay. Um, at Georgia Tech, and it's funny because ABC, the ACC released uh, an email to us that said each each of their games is at noon, designated for noon uh-huh. on October 17th. Clemson's game and Miami, Miami yeah. and it said it's either going to be on ABC or the ACC network. <laughs> Um, and I laughed because I thought, okay, whoever, whoever, whoever wins, wins the, gets the ABC broadcast. ABC, right. Yeah. And, and, and you people that don't, that have Comcast, like we do, yeah. don't have to worry. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway. All right, let's uh, take a quick break and then we'll kind of come back with a, a more thorough, like, breakdown of, of basically how Miami can get this done and, and pull off this upset up in South Carolina. All right, uh, we are back. Um, we're going to do a, a, a thorough preview here, I think, for the next 15, 20 minutes. Um, I wrote out a couple keys, I think, for an upset, a couple questions. Um, obviously, you can, you can throw some things in. Um, but the, the big sexiest thing I think we got to start with is the Deer King-Trevor Lawrence matchup, right? Like that, it's reductive to say it comes down to who's better than who because obviously 
you know, who's better than who comes down to, you know, how well their offensive line blocks, how well the, the wide receivers get open. But, um, you know, when you got two of the four, five, six best quarterbacks in the country going at it, like, that that's where it all starts. Yeah, and I, I mean, I mean, Trevor Lawrence is, He's 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 number one. Yeah, he is the guy. He's the top dog. He's great. He's great, and he is six six. Yes. <laughs> okay. I I mean. Um, yeah. Great I mean, there's a reason he's considered like the best quarterback prospects since Peyton Manning. Like, <laughs> it's not like a stretch. People say that, and they're kind of right. And number and number one, uh, he's going to be the number one pick. Yeah, probably. <laughs> and I, I I mean, the kid's great. Uh, again, really mature, um, and uh, I, you know, he's, he's great arm. He runs big, big strides. Yep. And he can run with the ball. He's strong as anything. And um, I, I mean, I think it's going to be tough to me, David. It's going to be you're talking about the offensive line and all that stuff. It's going to be the defense. I, I just think the defense is I, – I, I don't know how – UM has got to stop Trevor Lawrence. Right. And, well, that, that's a question I have written down here. Do they have any prayer at slowing down Clemson's offense with Trevor Lawrence, with I, Travis Etienne? Yeah. Like, what, what can they do? You know, I think UM's vulnerable spot is at linebacker, right? Uh, I mean, yeah. Yeah, young. linebacker and, and the corners are kind of up and down. Corners are yeah, yeah, and and also they're they're playing for a ha- the first half without Gervin Hall's safety because yep, he got big. thrown out of last week's game or two weeks. Sorry, two weeks. The last game, two, yeah. Last game for targeting, and um, you know he's really good. So that I mean they do have two other good corner, uh, excuse me, safeties, but. Um, and he'll be back in the second half, but um, I, I I don't know how I I I'm not I'm not confident that UM's defense can stop the passing and the running game. Yeah, I I don't know. Uh, what about you? Well, I I mean I've kind of been saying it. I think it's going to have to be a shootout. I mean, obviously, like what degree it has to be a shootout is up for debate. I don't I don't. You know, if Miami has to score 60 points to win, like, they're probably not going to win. When's the last time they did that? Um, right. I, I guess Louisville last year maybe. But um, they, uh, you know, they're going to have to – they're not going to hold Clemson to uh, less than 35 probably. I don't think – other than the national championship last year, like, that doesn't happen to Clemson um, hey, with this team. There, There is a factor actually – and I hadn't looked it up, but on this conference call I was just on, I guess a reporter, I don't know if he was from South Carolina, but he said that there was an 80% chance of rain, by the way. Interesting. I don't know who that benefits, uh, honestly. Well, Probably Miami just as the underdog. but. Well, Herbstreit said that he thinks that rain actually helps the offense, he believes. He said that it's... it's but especially like Trevor Lawrence has really large hands yes. <laughs> and can hold the, you know, grip the football well. Um, but the other thing is it has to help the home team. I mean, 
Although, although maybe some of the fans, I, I don't know, I get the yeah. feeling the fans will stay in their seats, uh-huh. the 20,000 fans, but I, I hate when it's a rainy, sloppy mess because I hate when players get get hurt. Oh, yeah, yeah. I just hate that or slip or do whatever, you know, on the, on the turf, on the grass, um, you know what I mean? I, I just, I hope it doesn't rain, but I, that could be a factor. Yeah. Yeah. To me, um, to me, going back to the how they can slow down Clemson. It's, I mean, it's all about the pass rush, right? Like as everything always is, kind of with the Manny Diaz defense. Um, Like that. That's the way you slow them down is you get them playing behind the sticks. Um, And you know the Jalen Phillips, Quincy Rocher is as good a defensive end tandem as Clemson's going to face all year, probably uh, unless maybe they get to the college football playoff. Um, Miami's done a really good job, I think, of blitzing guys this year. I think Zach McLeod is tied for the team lead in sacks. Bubba Bolden, I think, is right up there with the team lead for, for tackles for loss. So they're doing a good job of, like, sending guys, um, you know, to the line of scrimmage and, and creating that extra pressure. And, you know, just, like, this this Clemson team gets in the same way that I was talking about the defensive line and really the whole defense not being like loaded with guys who are going to be first round picks. I think the offensive line and Clemson has not necessarily put guys in the NFL in the same way on the offensive line, but you know, they start a sophomore at right guard. You know, they're there. It's just not, I mean, maybe these guys emerge and by the end of the year, we know that they have a great offensive line, but like, I don't know. I, I think Miami's defensive line can hold itself yeah, right. up with You're any right. offensive line. And that's, that's the way you have to win is, you got to make it so that you're, like you're saying, the weak spots are linebacker, the weak spots are cornerback. The defensive line and the safeties need to do, and Zach McLeod need to do so much that they overcome those weaknesses that, you know, Clemson will certainly pick on. Like they're, they know how to do that. They're going to get Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne into favorable matchups as much as possible. Possibly, at least they've got to exploit the Clemson defensive line. Yeah, um, have a chance in this game. I think. Uh, I. I also think Brent Venables. Yeah, is, I mean he's like the guy, right? Yeah, top defensive yeah. coordinator in the nation, um, and he's played against Lashley. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, this is the real. So this is the should, test for Miami's. I mean, we keep saying I keep saying it's the first test for guys. Um, I mean, certain position groups have obviously like been tested. This is the first like real legit test for uh, Miami's offensive line. Um, not just be, I, be not just because of Clemson's defensive line, which as I mentioned, a lot of young guys there, talented young guys. But you know, Brent Venables is going to like try to pick right. on Zion Nelson. Like he knows that Zion Nelson is a guy who struggled a lot last year. Like they're going to try to pick on guys in in certain spots um one last point i wanted to make on the miami pass rush and why that is so important is Mm -hmm. if you if you don't you know the way that miami's defense is structured is we've we talk about all the time to create big plays whether it's a sack or or takeaway um and against an offense like clemson that you know you're not you're probably not going to just like outplay them you're not going to just like keep stopping them you know take getting a takeaway to stop you know to get an extra possession or or killing a drive with with a sack and a tackle for loss, like 
just you, you got to think of it kind of like as each drive is its own game. You're not going to win them all. You're probably not going to win the majority of them. Like they're going to move the ball, but you got to win enough. And in, and I think Miami's defense, which you know gives up yards, they, they've kind of been a bend but don't break, and, and a lot of times don't break means get a sack to, to kill a drive. Um, I think that's actually pretty good when you're like an underdog in the way that Miami is. Or force a in the red zone. Yeah, or force a takeaway in the red zone. Like, because, you know, if you get two takeaways and, and a couple key sacks on second down that um, make them have to punt, like, that's just as good, obviously, as holding yeah. Clemson to 350 yards. And, you know, it, it makes up for, for some of the stuff that you're just not going to be able to stop them. You're going to have right. to It'll take, be you're going to have to be opportun- opportunistic. Trevor Lawrence has thrown now 314 consecutive passes um, without an interception. Yeah. The third longest streak in ACC history. Yeah, that's that's the challenge is, you know, he's so – although he actually, I think early – I mean, early in his career, obviously he's like – he's way better now than he was when he was starting as a true freshman. But he did have, I think, some turnover issues early, like you would expect any freshman to. That's, so he's, he's not like immune to that, even though he has been immune for basically no, two no, years. I, I, I think he threw five picks. If I, if I, yeah, remember. I, and they I would have all been was, early in the year if he's got this long early, streak. Was yeah. All early, and they, he threw two. And the last time he threw him in the middle of last season, but he hasn't thrown one since. So, um, you know, <laughs> and 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 Derek King hasn't thrown one this season, yeah. but. Uh, that's, there's a big difference there. So do, do you think De'Aaron King can outplay Trevor Lawrence in this game? Or do you think, like, the Miami's, you're basically hoping for a wash and other guys step up? It's, I mean, it's hard. I think, I think De'Aaron King could play well yeah. in this game. Could he outplay Trevor and, Lawrence? And does he, ha- does he have to outplay Trevor Lawrence for Miami to win? Does he have to? Does he have to outplay Trevor Lawrence for Miami to win? Do you think? No. Okay. I think the defense. I, I, I don't think. I think he has to play well. Okay. You're yeah, obviously he has, he has to play. Well. <laughs> no, I don't think he does. But I uh-huh. think that the de- Miami defense. I think the Miami defense has to play really well. Right. Yeah, I just because I, I, I can because I compared Miami to Louisville. Like obviously that Louisville team almost upset Clemson strictly because um, Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson. <laughs> and like I, I, I don't know if De'Aaron King has like a game like that in him, um, but like you know he might not have to have a game like that in him. He might. I, I, I don't think he has to play mm-hmm. ever, but I think he has to play well, and I think Miami's defense has to play well. Yeah. They just ha- they have to play well enough. Mm-hmm. Okay, I I know you're saying shootout, but I just feel in right. my mind like it could get out of control. Right. Well, if there's the- a difference between a shootout where you literally don't stop them at all and they score eight touchdowns on eight drives or whatever, and there's a and the you know the shootout where they score five touchdowns and right. you, know, you get the two takeaways and. They punt once. Like there, you know, there's there's different levels to it. Um, I think David. I think I think uh, Jose Borgales may be tested more than he ever has been. 
Uh, yeah. I mean, I, we'll see. Although, yeah, I'm not sure, depending on the weather and yeah. all that. The I only mean, thing is Miami has been really aggressive on the fourth downs so far this year. Um, and, oh, yeah. And, and, you know, it might be the kind of game where, like, you got to get seven on your drives. Like, you can't settle for three. Um, you know, like, I can't imagine Miami's going to be kicking too often on, like, fourth and two in this game. Yeah, yeah, and then obviously with Clemson, like if you do that, you're giving them seven points basically. But I, I think the thought process might be like you're giving them seven <laughs> in most drives anyway, just because of how how good that offense um, can be at times. Right. Um, all right. So ignoring the two quarterbacks, well, we'll we'll stick it to Miami side. Who who like you you keep mentioning the defense? Is there someone you kind of envision on either side of the ball who like? If Miami wins this game, you think we're going to be talking about this person? Like, who's going to step up? Who who needs to step up for Miami? I think um, I I think Roche and Phillips, yeah. Jalen Phillips. I think on defense, that's probably the right pick. Yeah, I mean, I I I do think those two guys. I think at least one defensive back. Yeah, I'm just thinking, like, because, you know, if we're writing the story Saturday, story Saturday night, like, how did Miami pull off this upset? What's everyone talking about on on the postgame shows? You know, everyone's going to obviously be talking about D.R. King, but what's that other story? You know, there's going to have to be a second storyline for Miami. There has to be a bit of... And I think the defensive line is a good, you know, if they they combine for three sacks and... I think there has to be a takeaway. Yeah, and create a takeaway, yeah. It would really help Miami's cause if they get a takeaway, like, not only for the obvious reasons, but it'll also pump them up so much, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. I, th- I think they really need to get a takeaway. <laughs> yeah. To me, I, I, I think the defensive line is a good choice on defense. I think I would even, like, kind of throw Nesta and Harrison Hunt in as the, the interior guys who have that athleticism and have kind of shown they can – create pressure from the interior um, on offense. Like it's got to be someone other than, you know, Derek needs a running mate, basically like whether, oh, it's, whether it's Cam off. Harris going I, off or I, I kind of, I keep waiting for the Brevin Jordan, you know, the game where he scores two touchdowns and has 120 receiving yards. Um, like we got to see that eventually. Well, Brevin, they're really, uh, um, you know, um, Venable's, I mean, they're really game planning for. Brevin I'm sure. Jordan. Yeah, he's priority number one. Yeah, they're trying to take him away. And Will Mallory, the other tight end, who's very good, he's. We learned this week, uh, I think for the first time, yeah. that he's been injured. Yeah. And he got injured at Louisville, and um, he played one quarter against FSU. Um, so that's I. I don't know, like what the injury is. I don't know how um, serious it is. Yeah. Yeah, if he's really better, um, I. But I think uh, I do think Cameron Harris has to have a good game. UM has got to run the ball. I know we keep talking about Derek King, but UM has got to run the ball. Yeah, the two the the two storylines. I feel like if my this is all if Miami wins, the two things I think we'll be talking about potentially on offense, other than Derek King, like coming out not coming out party because he already had you know he's already 
top five in all the Heisman lists and all that kind of stuff. But we're going to be talking either about I, – I, I imagine maybe the tight ends cause, just because I don't – you know, the wide receivers have been fine, but those, that's the one yeah. spot where Miami still has their matchup advantage, yeah. um, even yeah. on Clemson that you know has more talent pretty much ever on the field, um, either Brevin or Mallory. Um, the other thing I think is you mentioned Cameron Harris. I think the combination of Cameron Harris and – you know, the, the designed runs for Derek that we just have not, you know, he's run the ball. Well, he's scrambled. Well, we have not right. seen him though. Like keep the ball a lot on the, the RPO or not RPO on the, um, read option stuff. It's all, you know, he pretty much is handing it off to Cam Harris. And I wonder how much, you know, they're hanging on to some of that designed run stuff for Derek for, for a game like this, considering they, you know, they relatively cruised through the first three, uh, games yeah, of the season. Right. Miami is they've they have shown that they can run so they've got to be Clemson's got to be a little worried about that for sure and they've shown that Derek can pass really well yeah yeah they had 300 rushing yards against UAB and Derek had a 300 yard passing game against Louisville and then Florida State was just a total domination so it was just kind of interesting you know so it's been a little bit of this a little bit of that and that's that's good for Miami it yeah. gives them confidence, and also you don't you have to scheme for a lot of things. Yeah, I think Rhett Lashley. I can't wait to see what Rhett Lashley has. I, I mean, they're going to do the same thing. I mean, right. Miami's going to play really fast. They are. They they've got to keep doing what they do. I think that's going to help them with the open week, um, the up tempo offense. You know, they're. I just think uh, they're going to be forced to get into it fast. Um, yeah. Yeah, and so. you mentioned, I mean, that's kind of the fun thing about Red Lashley, and it's what we were just talking about, like, every week this offense, you know, it looks the same, like it's, you know, it's the tempo, it's a lot of, hand, like, a lot of running the ball, a lot of, like, read option, RPO type stuff, a lot of, you know, quick passes into the, you know, slants. Um, right. You know, but the balance of the offense is different every week. Like, it's what people have said coming into the year Red Lashley was so good at is like finding something that works and just sticking with it until the other team can prove they can stop it. So you you really never know. And, and even the players have talked about it. They don't really know going in. Like they said, the UAB game, they were all surprised how much they ran the ball. Like you, they don't know, go, game to game, they don't know what the run-pass balance necessarily is going to be. Um, it's, it's dictated by the game. And um, I think, you know, it might that – that is, in a lot of ways, there's obviously a lot of ways that Rhett Lashley and Dan Enos are different, but I think above all else, that's where they're different, where Dan Enos just felt like he was kind of calling plays, like they were doing a lot of different stuff, um, no matter what was working, whereas Rhett Lashley finds something that works and he, he sticks with it. And um, when it doesn't work, he adjusts. And obviously, you know, Brent Venables versus Rhett Lashley, that's Got to be as good a coordinator matchup as you'll see pretty much all con- all all season, all across the country. I would think this year. Oh yeah, this is gonna be. This is gonna. Well, are you excited? Yeah. I'm excited. Uh, I yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, I love writing deadline stories. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm I'm definitely excited. Yeah. Definitely, as long as it like doesn't come down to you know. The last ten seconds. Yeah, that's really excited. You know, I I just um, uh, yeah, of course I'm excited. 
All right, do you want to finish with a prediction? Oh, my God, I can't believe you're doing this to me. <laughs> um, well, let's just say it this way. Do you think Miami wins? I don't need, like, a number prediction. I, I think Clemson's going to win. Yeah, I think Miami I so. can win. I won't be at all shocked. Right. Like, I, I, I won't like we're be saying, shocked. it's the difference between 2017. We all would have been shocked if Miami won. Miami dominates? I'll be shocked. <laughs> yeah. If I had to pick, and it, you know it, it, it whatever I, I, I have to, I have to go with Clemson. I mean, I have to go. With yeah, Clemson. I, I go with Clemson, and I, but I think like you were just kind of saying, I, I would obviously be surprised if Miami won in a blowout. I would not be surprised if they won a close game, um, but I would be surprised if Miami got killed. Yeah. Um. Me too. Unless. Early on, something happens. I mean, yeah, we might get two possessions in and be like, oh, they have no shot, actually. But um, going in, like... Something's... I just keep seeing in my head Clemson runners or ATN. I don't know why. I keep thinking. I just keep seeing something with... Just remember this. Either I'll look dumb or... Look smart. I just keep thinking about something with the Clemson running game. Yeah. Um, that makes me feel uneasy, believe it or not. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that might be, honestly, where their biggest advantage is. As you mentioned, the, the linebackers, other than Zach. And actually, Frierson has been good at really good at striker this year. But, like, you know, that's a place yeah. where my that, – that other linebacker spot is maybe the weakest spot on Miami's defense, um, that middle linebacker spot. And, obviously, that, that spot has a lot of uh, responsibility with – uh, dealing with the running back, and the running back happens to be the best running back in the country. Right, and I also think we, we haven't mentioned this as for special teams. I, I, I think Lou Headley, um, if he can keep punting the way he is, if he can back Clemson up yeah, all the true. way, it's going to help. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah. I, I like I said. I think Clemson wins. I think that fourteen point spread like feels about right to me, and and I think it could be closer. But Clemson just feels like the team that always gets that extra, you know, touchdown at the end to make it look a little bit uglier than it really is. So, um, <laughs> but um, yeah, I I, I I think Clemson wins. I wouldn't be surprised if Miami wins. Um, and and David, if, if if Miami loses, what's next? Is that it for them? Is that like, no, I mean, if they win, like, if they go 10-1 and one and this is their only loss, they could still easily make it to the ACC championship and get another shot at Clemson, right? Yeah, I think that's really uh, what, like, obviously my, you want to win if you're a Miami fan, but I think, like, the other thing you, you want to get out of this is, like, if there's a rematch with Clemson in the ACC championship, you want to feel like you got a shot, right? You don't want to, like, lose by 28 points and be like, oh, they're just way better than us. I guess we're settling for second place. You want to feel yeah. like the gap is, is big enough that you want to go, come out of this game feeling like, ooh, I hope we get them again in the ACC championship game. Agree 100%. Keep it, keep it respectable. Yeah. Keep it close. Yeah, I mean, as, as Manny Diaz kept saying this week, like we were all asking about this being a big game for Miami. It's not a big game for Clemson, as he said. I mean, it's probably their biggest game of the year, other than maybe Notre Dame in a couple of weeks. But um, you, they've been in a game like this every single season. And usually right. multiple ones every, of these every season. Yeah, and every team that faces them. Yeah, so it's a game. That's what we used to always say about Miami. It's right, right. Every team that plays them, but yeah. I, it's true. Yeah. yeah. 
All right, uh, let's wrap things up there. Uh, you can follow Susan on Twitter at smillerdegnan. Uh, lots of preview content up on miamiherald.com and in the uh, actual paper. Um, as we get ready to uh, see Miami and Clemson at 7.30 p.m. on Saturday on ABC. Uh, college game day in the in the building for the third straight week for Miami, or third straight game for Miami. Amazing, right? Yeah, pretty crazy. Not what I would have uh, guessed coming into the year. But I no, guess maybe no. I should have, like, looking at the schedule. Like, it's not like there's been a lot of stiff competition for these games. I mean, games. We, you know, the... <laughs> We made such a big deal of it when, when game day came to Miami. In For Notre Dame. Yeah. Right? For Notre Dame. And now it's like, ah, ho-hum. Yeah. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at DBWilson2. Um, all over the place this week, but that might be it uh, if, if the heat goes down on Friday. And I think the Marlins have, are about to lose as we are talking right now. Um, and that will be a lot of football. Dolphins, Canes, and uh, – High schools, high schools are coming back. I, I just found out today. Miami Northwestern, Miami Central open the season against each other, uh, wow. October twenty third. So I'm pretty excited for that one. Wow, that's uh, yeah. a lot, lot of a uh, lot of Canes commits on the field in that one. Everything. Yeah. What, what, David? A lot of Canes commits on the field in that one. Yeah, but David, you are everywhere. I know. High school. NHL. Yeah, I've been doing the Panthers offseason stuff, which I, I like dipping into. I was a, I, I was a hockey fan growing up. So, all right, uh, let's wrap up. There. We were uh, running a little long. So uh, thanks, as always, for listening, and uh, we will talk to you guys next week. See you next week.